Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. A new week is upon us, and it's time for your Monday edition of Flyers Daily. Let's go. Yes, indeed. A Monday edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. If you have not subscribed yet, do so. If you have not left us a rating or review, please do so as well. Everybody, thanks for listening and checking out Flyers Daily throughout the last couple of weeks. It's been a lot of fun, and it's only going to get more fun. On today's episode, we're going to look back at the last week. We're going to look ahead to the upcoming week and also get into some of the trade stuff and stuff that's going on around the NHL. Let's get to the deals here first and foremost. We'll obviously check out the standings and the fallout from the games on Sunday, uh, but let's get to the trade tracker and the was a deal that happened in the division that happened uh, on Sunday, and it was the Washington Capitals sending a third-round pick to the Montreal Canadiens in exchange for Ilya Kovalchuk. This is now Kovalchuk's third team this season. He's got a total of nine goals and 13 assists, played 17 games for the Kings, had three goals and six assists, and then was traded to Montreal. Not traded to Montreal, actually. uh, Was signed by Montreal after his contract was terminated in L.A. And in 22 games in Montreal, six goals and seven assists for 13 points and a plus six. Uh, Ilya Kovalchuk, 442 goals over 919 games in his career, 872 points. He's an offensive player. Can he still skate to play in today's game? We shall see. He got off to a hot start with Montreal, but really wasn't able to sustain that. But a third-round pick goes to uh, the Montreal Canadiens. They're not making the playoffs. They get something for the guy for nothing, not getting paid a lot of money. And the uh, Washington Capitals at least bolster their second unit of the power play if that second unit ever gets on the ice. But uh, that's a big deal that happened in the NHL on Sunday. Uh, Some other deals of late. Cody Eakin goes to the Winnipeg Jets from Vegas for a conditional fourth-round pick. We know about the Andre Cache deal to Boston, and uh, Boston sending David Backus, Axel Anderson, and a, a first-round pick to the Anaheim Ducks. We know uh, some of the other deals that happened prior last week, but nothing of huge substance. Chris Kreider still out there. The trade bait board on tsn.ca uh, still has some big names up there leading up to the deadline today at 3 o'clock. Chris Kreider right at the top of that list. Some reports are now that Kreider and the Rangers talks have stalled to get the, those two sides together and see if they can create a deal uh, long term. So it looks like Kreider will likely be dealt. Same with J.G. Pajot, uh, the centerman for the Ottawa Senators. And uh, still some big names on this board as well. Kovalchuk comes off the board, who was number seven. But still, Joe Thornton, his name has been out there a bit and been rumored with the Pittsburgh Penguins of all teams. So we'll see how this plays out. A guy like uh, Joe Thornton doesn't carry a big price tag anymore, but certainly a guy that could help that team perhaps in the playoffs. And we'll see what Chuck Fletcher has in store as well. Now, Chuck Fletcher has said that he does not want to part with a first-round pick, which makes uh, it unlikely that he's going for a rental option. Um, We'll see what he has in store if he does anything at all. Still, the variable of Nolan Patrick's health is out there. And, uh, you know, Nolan Patrick was uh, interviewed by Bill Clement at the Flyers Carnival, and I had a chance to check out that interview, talking about his migraine issues. And he still wants to play this year. He's still pushing hard to get back into enough physical condition and get his skills honed back in to be able to play this year. So we'll see if that's something that's in the cards. He hasn't had any setbacks in quite a while and has practiced with the team uh, a lot lately. So we'll see if that all leads to Nolan Patrick coming back for the Flyers. And you got to wonder, too, at this point, 
what Nolan Patrick is coming back. That, I mean, that's a fair question to ask right now. So we'll see how that plays out. Shane Gostaspare also was recalled by the Flyers on Sunday back from the Phantoms where he played in two games over the weekend. So Ghost is back. We'll see if he draws into the lineup coming up Tuesday night against the San Jose Sharks. So let's take a look at the week that was and the week that is going to be for the Philadelphia Flyers. So this past week, uh, Tuesday night, they get the win at home against Columbus, 5-1. to one. Then Thursday, they get the win in Columbus in overtime, 4-3. to three. And then they got the a win on uh, Saturday against the Winnipeg Jets, 4-2. to two. So three games in the week, three wins. They get all the points available, all six. That's what's put them into the third position in the Metropolitan Division. And the game's coming up this week equally as important with the Islanders winning a game uh, on Sunday and they have a game in hand on the Flyers. you still got to keep pacing here. Uh, at the Carnival on Sunday, had a chance to speak with several Flyers players and interview many of them, and the message was really clear. The goal is to get some home ice advantage in the playoffs. They know how much more uh, successful they've been at home this season and that if they can get that home ice, that's the goal right now, to put themselves in a position to play in their building more than the opposition. So this week coming up, the first two games are at home. San Jose, as I mentioned on Tuesday night at the Wells Fargo Center, inferior opponent. That's a team really, really struggling right now. Uh, The New York Rangers on Friday, that's a team that is not struggling right now. That's a team, uh, pending what they do at the deadline, if they trade Kreider, that'll obviously weaken them. But that's a team that's been kind of winning and putting themselves perhaps back in the mix here for the wild card in the Eastern Conference. And then it's a home and home with the Rangers Friday at 7 at the Wells Fargo Center, then Sunday at noon at the Garden against the Rags. So an important week for the Flyers. The thing is, too, is that when they get the New York Rangers on Friday – they have what you would, I guess, deem as a distinct advantage. And I saw a guy that I follow on Twitter, uh, Raider Frank, tweet this out. He said, the Flyers must take advantage of the schedule this week. They have the Sharks on Tuesday, then off until hosting the Rangers on Friday. But the Rangers, they have the Islanders on Tuesday, Montreal on Thursday, a back-to-back because they have the Flyers on Friday. Three games in four days, all on the road for the Rangers, while the Flyers have two days off to prepare for that game. And then Frank says, you got to take advantage. It's a great tweet, and he's dead right. they got to capitalize on that, the, the fact that the Rangers have three games in four days, all on the road, and make them pay. And they got to do that on Friday after being well-rested coming into that game. So very important week for the Flyers. And a couple of the teams that they're battling with in the standings, and I mentioned the Islanders. The Islanders only a point back of the Flyers with a game in hand. Uh, they have a tough week as well. They'll take on the, uh, the Rangers on Tuesday night, then they'll go to St. Louis, and then on Saturday they have a home game against Boston. So you got three tough opponents there for the Isles this week. And then the other team that I wanted to look at their upcoming week is the Carolina Hurricanes, fresh off that win with the E-Bug, the emergency backup goaltender in Toronto where they won 6-3 to three, and the E-Bug played 27 minutes. Uh, they have the Dallas Stars on Tuesday at home, Colorado at home on Friday, and then Saturday at Montreal. So not an easy schedule for Carolina either. The one team I'm leaving out of the equation here is the Columbus Blue Jackets. There's just I, I don't feel like they're a part of the equation anymore. I don't see how they will get back into the mix. But uh, until they show me something different, we'll leave them out of the equation, except when we take a look at the standings. A quick look at the standings. And first, I want to look at the standings of the entire National Hockey League. 
Now, the Flyers are the eighth best team in the league right now with 77 points. The only teams that are ahead of them, Boston number one with 90, uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning 85, the Caps with 82 after that win over the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Penguins are the fourth, St. Louis five, Colorado six, the Dallas Stars at 78 points, one ahead of the Flyers, Flyers at 77, then the Islanders and the Canes. Now, five of the top 10 teams are in the Metropolitan Division. And notice you don't see a lot of Western Conference. You see three Western Conference teams in this whole mix as well. The only three Western Conference teams, St. Louis, Colorado, and Dallas, but the Eastern Conference playoffs are going to be incredible. The only thing is, is who comes out of the East? Are they going to be too beat up if it's an easier path for somebody in the West, like St. Louis or a Colorado? And we got to see what Colorado does. Do they acquire Henrik Lundqvist by the deadline? We shall see. All right, so now that we took a look at the league standings, let's look at the actual wild card standings. Like I said, the Flyers are one point up on the Islanders at 77-76. to 76. Isles do have that game in hand. Uh, they're three points up on the Carolina Hurricanes. The Canes also have a game in hand on the Flyers. That's why this is a really important week once again. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets right now are on the outside looking in. They've played two more games than the Islanders and Canes and one more game than the Flyers at 63, and they have 74 points. And then the team I mentioned that the Flyers have the home-and-home home with on Friday – and Sunday, the Rangers, they have now crept up. They have 70 points. They're 33-24-4 on the season. They're 8-2 and two in their last 10, and they've won three straight games through 61 games. So they have a game in hand on the Flyers and 70 points right now. We'll see if they can continue that and what uh, Jeff Gordon, the general manager of the New York Rangers, decides to do at the deadline. Now, one of the games that happened on Sunday was between the Capitals and the Penguins, and it was the Caps who got the win. It was a 5-3 win in D.C. T.J. Oshie had a goal and an assist, so no three-point game, which is good. Uh, the Caps get the win, so that knocks the Penguins down to the number two spot. Caps go up to the number one spot in the Metropolitan Division, so that's where it sits right now. Also, the Islanders were in action. They beat the San Jose Sharks 4-1 to one in Brooklyn, and that was uh, two goals by Anders Lee in that game, and the uh, Islanders now one point back of the Flyers with that game in hand. So another really intriguing week of NHL hockey is on deck, and it's going to be exciting. It could be a really wild week in the NHL, coupled with fact with the deadline uh, this afternoon at 3 o'clock, and we'll be down there all day. Um, Going to tape an interview with Chuck Fletcher that we'll release tomorrow night. Um, so we'll have a lot of great stuff for you. We'll see what the Flyers decide to do, how they handle this deadline. Boy, it, your guess is as good as mine. With the Nolan Patrick injury and the fact that Gossis Bear is still nursing an injury, although he was recalled, it'll be really interesting to see how Chuck Fletcher handles the NHL trade deadline. All right, let's squeeze in a couple quick Twitter questions here. We start with Colin Ward. He said, how does the recent trades around the NHL affect the Flyers in regards to competing for the playoffs? Like the most recent trade for Kovalchuk by the Capitals. Does that make the Capitals stronger? I don't know that it does. I'll be honest with you. I don't think Ilya Kovalchuk can play five-on-five anymore. He does not have the speed. And if you got him as a power play specialist, the team that doesn't need a power play specialist like Kovalchuk is the Caps. I know it's a low-risk rule medium reward deal but uh, I, I don't buy that Kovalchuk's going to help them and he certainly won't help them 5-on-5. Five five. That's been proven. Henry Schwartzman tweets in and says, what are the chances of the Flyers landing uh, Pajot, J.G. Pajot and signing him long term? I understand we want to expect Patrick and Limbaugh back, but that's no guarantee and thanks for answering. Well, it's an interesting one because I know that Pajot's name has been mentioned by Pierre Lebrun and that the Flyers were interested in, Pierre, in uh, J.G. Pajot um, but the thing is 
is if you sign him and he's a center, then you all of a sudden have too many centers because you have obviously Sean Couturier, obviously Kevin Hayes, uh, and Nolan Patrick's a center as well. And I know he hasn't played this year, but going forward, he is a center for your team. Um, and then you have Pajot. You can't uh, look. Nolan Patrick's not a fourth line center. He, I know he hasn't accomplished a ton in the NHL yet, but he's not a fourth line center. So I, I don't see a long term fit for Pajot here in Philadelphia. Plus, I, I, to me, there will be other areas to spend your money uh, than on JG Pajot in the offseason. He's having a good year, so he's going to get paid. He's careering it at the right time when his contract's up. So um, I could see them trading for him uh, as a rental. Uh, just because they have a need and the uncertainty of Nolan Patrick for this year. But I don't know that it's a long-term thing with J.G. Pajot if they were to get him here in Philadelphia. All right, Sean Daniels tweets in, and he said he has a picture here and shows me that Peterson, Pedersen or McCarr could have been ours in that draft where the Flyers took Nolan Patrick number two overall. Yeah, well, they could have been New Jersey's as well, and they took uh, Nico Heischer. Look, you can do that, and that draft is a really drastic example of it when you look at the fact that Miro Heiskanen went number three overall, Kale McCarr went fourth to Colorado, and then Elias Pettersson went fifth to the Vancouver Canucks. All three of those players are having tremendous NHL success. Heischer's having a little bit of success now, and Nolan Patrick has had good second halves of seasons, but not a full season yet, and obviously he hasn't played this season. But going into that draft... Had Nolan Patrick had no injury history going into that draft, and he had the abdominal injury, the uh, I guess the sports hernia is what they were calling it at the time, had he not had that, he would have been the consensus number one overall pick. There was no doubt about it. It doesn't always work out where when a kid is 18 in his draft year or whatever it is, that they end up being the best player in that draft. This is just a, a pronounced example with Heiskanen, McCarr, and Elias Pettersson, who are all three having tremendous starts to their NHL career. So I hear you, Sean. I hear what you're saying. But there wasn't a team in the NHL that had one or two that would have picked either Heiskanen, McCarr, or Pettersson ahead of Nolan Patrick or Nico Heischer. That just wouldn't have been the case. Don't torture yourself. I get what you're saying, though. Uh, last question from Kevin Quinn. He says, what prospect not currently in the NHL or AHL, do you see making the biggest impact for the Flyers in the next three to five years? Wow, this is an interesting question. When you eliminate the AHL out of there, that makes it more difficult because you can't go Morgan Frost. I mean, I guess the guy you'd have to look at potentially would be uh, a guy like Cam York. He's going to go back to Michigan next year, um, and we'll see where he is after that. Uh, But he's a guy really built for today's NHL. He'll be an interesting guy to see if he can put on some muscle over the next year or so. But Cam York, if you're asking me that question right now, I'd have to say him. He's the highest pedigree player that they have in their system that's not in the AHL or obviously the NHL. So I'll go with Cam York. All right, everybody, thanks for listening to your Monday edition of Flyers Daily. Big week of hockey ahead. And do me a favor, enjoy your hockey.
Swallowed it down 